Hello, and welcome to the 17th episode of the LI Law Podcast. I'm your host, Zahava Schechter. The premise of this podcast is to feature issues, developments, and topics affecting the law and how it relates to the 8 million of us who live or work on Long Island, New York, which includes Nassau, Suffolk, Queens, and Kings counties. If you live or work on Long Island, this podcast on local and state legislative and judicial decisions is for you. Our guest on this 17th episode is Elon E. Weinreb Esquire, who is a civil litigator, mediator, and arbitrator who has represented domestic and international clients in both state and federal court cases involving diverse and complex fields of law, and who also has extensive experience in the use of technology in litigation. This month, Elon was appointed co-chair of the New York County Lawyers Association's Alternative Dispute Resolution Committee. If you are considering arbitration or mediation as an alternative to extended, expensive court litigation, or are unaware that other options exist to resolve court disputes, this episode will provide you with the information you need to know. Please check out the show notes for a full description of Elon Weinreb's credentials and contact information. Also, please keep in mind that we will not be providing legal advice to any specific questions. Elon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Zahava. So Elon, please tell us about yourself and your area of practice. Okay, I'm a civil dispute resolution professional, which is a quick way of saying that I mediate, arbitrate, and litigate civil disputes, mostly of a commercial or contractual nature. I believe in giving clients the best advice for their particular situation or problem, which on occasion includes advising them not to go to court or to engage in traditional litigation, where doing so can negatively impact their interests down the road. In other words, I take a long-term view of my client's situations and problems, rarely, if ever, take action purely on principle or based upon emotion. As one judge described me at a court appearance, I'm a deliberate individual who is more strategist than gladiator. In this regard, when I first started my firm in 2014, I had no alternative dispute resolution, or ADR, that's shorthand for negotiation, mediation, early neutral evaluation, arbitration, and any other dispute resolution procedure that does not involve traditional litigation, training under my belt and approached everything from a litigator's mindset, which was essentially constant attack, defense, and counterattack. As the old saying goes, when all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. But over the past four years and change, by attending ADR training programs as both a student and faculty member and in mediating and arbitrating cases as a neutral, I've been able to add more skills to my proverbial toolbox. In short, my practice, the Weinreb Law Firm PLLC, now is much more multidimensional than when I started it, having evolved from a law firm into a civil dispute resolution firm. Outside of the office, I serve as a professional Torah reader for two West Hempstead synagogues, of which I am a member, Congregation Anshe Shalom and Young Israel of West Hempstead. I'm also an active member of both the Garden City Chamber of Commerce, the West Hempstead Chamber of Commerce, and the Nassau County Bar Association, where I serve as both a mediator and arbitrator on that association's mediation arbitration panels, and I'm here to discuss those panels today. Okay, so let's start with the concepts of litigation, mediation, and arbitration. Let's first start with litigation. What is that? Okay, that's what most people are very familiar with, which is essentially one person or one company sues another person or a company in court, and it's not necessarily one. It could be multiple parties, but the simplest definition is X versus Y. It's an adversarial process in which a judge is the decision maker. There's very little control by the parties, and 
what happens ultimately is that either a judge or a jury, in the case where a jury is appropriate, end up becoming the decision makers, and the parties don't interact with each other. They interact through intermediaries, which everybody knows as lawyers, and tons of TV shows showing that all, all, all around. There are actually other TV shows now to segue into arbitration. Uh, for example, The People's Court. You have uh, Judge Marilyn Millian serving as a judge. Uh, you're not really having true litigation there. What you're having there is arbitration. And you can see the differences right on that show. It's a good illustration of what arbitration is. First, arbitration doesn't necessarily have to involve attorneys. Litigation almost always involves attorneys. Sometimes you have people who are pro se. But arbitration sometimes can be just one person against the other. No attorneys are involved. And it's private. It's, I'm going to interrupt for a second. Pro se means that uh, the litigant acts on his own behalf. He does not have an attorney representing That's him. correct. Right. The person acting pro se, literally coming from the Latin, mean of oneself. Getting back to what I was saying before, in terms of, of arbitration on uh, that show in the People's Court, you'll see that even though it's from a studio audience, it's not something which is being docketed. Uh, there is a docket, an announcer who gives us a, a description of the case, but there's no official set out state mandated procedure. It's done as a private uh, enterprise amongst the people who are involved. That means that- can I, can I interrupt for one second? Is arbitration binding, meaning if you go to the people's court or another arbitration location, are you bound by the decision of the- I don't want to say judge because it's not a judge, but of the person who is the arbitrator. The arbitrator, correct. Uh, the answer to that question is more often than not yes, but it ultimately it's controlled by the arbitration agreement that the parties enter into. And that's another aspect of arbitration which is different than litigation. There's an agreement which sets out the parameters of the decision maker's authority. So for example, are we going to be following the federal rules of evidence? Are we going to be following any other evidentiary code if it's a different state? Uh, New York doesn't have an evidentiary code. It has common law principles. But you could have certain organizations uh, that provide art for arbitration, such as NAM, uh, National Arbitration and Mediation, that have in their rules that the federal evidence rules of evidence are going to be uh, applicable. Okay, now before we get into this, because there's so much here, you just mentioned litigation and arbitration, and just now in your prior sentence you mentioned mediation. So how is mediation different from the other two? Okay, so just to clarify, by the way, the name of that particular firm is National Arbitration and Mediation. Oh. But just to, to, to answer your question, mediation differs from both litigation and arbitration primarily, and that mediation is not a process which is controlled by a third party. Mediation, uh, as opposed to litigation and arbitration, it's a process in which a neutral third party, that's the mediator, works with the parties to reach a mutually agreeable settlement of their dispute. The mediator may assist the parties and their counsel in formulating the terms of their settlement, and his or her role is to aid in facilitating settlement agreeable to the parties. The mediator, unlike the judge or the arbitrator, does not have the authority to impose a resolution on the parties. So as I was explaining, that's the primary difference between the three modalities. Mediation is the one modality, alternative dispute resolution modality or process, in which there is no decision maker. The parties are in control. In a mediation, is the mediator like a social worker or a facilitator rather than a decider? It's an excellent question because there are many different types of mediation. There is a type of mediation called facilitative mediation, which is, I think, what you're referring to or hinting to over here, in which a person, and it could be a social worker, it doesn't have to be a lawyer, does not have to be a judge, uh, it could be anybody who the parties agree upon as being their mediator. It could be a rabbi, a priest, an imam, and religious mediation, you have that going on. It could be a person who deals with international conflicts and uh, amongst countries. How is mediation started? 
If we know that litigation is started with a complaint or a petition, how do you start a mediation? Okay, that's where mediation and arbitration actually are similar because both mediation and arbitration are both started by agreements. Either there is a pre-existing agreement between the parties that says that they agree to mediate any dispute or arbitrate any dispute, or alternatively, the parties, once they find out that they have a dispute, can enter into a separate and distinct agreement amongst themselves to either mediate or arbitrate their dispute. And in terms of mediation, we know that that could be binding if the parties agree. Is mm, it? Nah, hang on, let me correct you. No, that's not correct? No. Mediation is never going to be binding because there's no decision which is ever imposed upon the parties. As opposed to arbitration or litigation, anybody in mediation can get up and walk out whatever whatever time they want. There is one minor exception to that, which is the, the courts, the part 146 and some of the federal courts, they ask the parties to make a good faith effort to stay at a mediation session if it's court ordered, which means that they don't have to, usually don't have to pay anything for this, but that usually means giving it at least an hour. Uh, but beyond that, the parties, uh, and again, it's not a hard and fast rule. The, the parties can show up and say, after 15 minutes, we're not getting anywhere, we're gone. And that's the, uh, completely up to the parties. Uh, that, let me ask you, you mentioned cost. So if the court orders a mediation, you said there's no cost. If the parties voluntarily enter into mediation, is there a cost or does that animal not exist? Okay, well, to clarify, the parties always voluntarily enter into mediation. The question is, Number one, who is the mediation provider, or what is the mediator, mediation provider if it's an entity? And the additional question to that is, what are the rules of that particular mediator or mediation provider? Now, in the case of the courts, uh, as far as Part 146 is concerned, depending upon where you are, either the first three or the first four hours of a mediation session are going to be free. In addition to that, preparation time uh, for the mediator is going to be free. That's not the case if you go to a private mediation organization, whether it be the Nassau County Bar Association, as I mentioned before, or alternatively, JAMS or AAA, that's American Arbitration Association. Those providers do charge a significant amount of money, but the cases in which they handle, these are not your typical dog bite or landlord tenant cases. These are multi-million, sometimes multi-billion dollar cases. And obviously the parties are going to be expected to pay something for the mediator's time because there's a lot of things to go through in those cases. For and, the and let's jump, since we're talking about cost, how does the cost for a mediation, a private mediation, differ from the cost for an arbitration? Okay, well, in an arbitration, you have, first of all, provisions of the underlying agreement that may specify that each party is responsible for paying certain fees. The prevailing party, you very often see this, just like with attorney's fees, the prevailing party is responsible not only for paying the attorneys who represent, in the, represent any party in the arbitration, but in addition, they are also responsible for paying the arbitrator's fees at the end of the arbitration. If there I'm going to stop for a minute. Prevailing means the party that wins. Correct. The, well, <laughs> That's an interesting question because how do we define the party that wins? If we have a case where we have a claim, meaning uh, some sort of argument in favor of one party and a counterclaim, which would be the claim in favor of the other side, the argument, and let's say one party prevails on the claim and the claim is worth a million dollars, but the counterclaim is worth a thousand dollars. Well, technically, each side prevailed, right? 
Okay, so how do you work out the cost uh, then? That's a, that's a question ultimately for the arbitrator okay. to work out or for the parties themselves to work out. It's no, There's no one answer to that. It's a complicated question. But yeah. in any case, it sounds like whether a person chooses arbitration or mediation, that is probably far less expensive than litigation in yes. courts. In both cases, it significantly is. And when we're talking about the Nassau County Bar Association in particular, uh, their fees and costs are much lower than many of the other providers. If you take a look at JAMS or you take a look at uh, AAA, even NAM, the, uh, which is lower cost than, than some other providers, uh, the Nassau County Bar Association is a phenomenal value in that it comes in at $300 an hour for arbitrator or mediator time with a $500 administrative cost filing fee. The filing fees in NAM could be easily be $2,500, even for a relatively small breach of contract case. And for AAA, they could even be more, depending on what the case is. Now, if, if, hold on. Yes. If someone wants to look up these organizations online, NAM is NAM? Yes. And it, JAM is JAM? JAMS. It, JAMS. it used to be a JAMS. Yeah, it's like, like jelly jams. Very good. It, 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 yeah. So now we get to the primary question, I think, for our listeners, which is, why would a listener choose to go with an arbitration or a mediation or litigation? What are the factors that come into consideration when determining which is the, the proper path? Okay. Time, cost, aggravation. Those are the three factors that basically, and there are more, but those are the three main factors that come into play. We look at first at time. Time, what point is the case at? Is the dispute just starting? Is it nascent? Is it coming up? Or alternatively, has it been festering for many years? Uh, if it's been festering for many years and it's already gotten into litigation, which is sometimes the case, and again, you could do mediation, you could do arbitration at any, any time, but if the dispute has already been going through the courts for many years, more often than not, unfortunately, you're gonna just going to have the parties finishing up where they started in, in the court system. If, on the other hand, you just started, it's much more cost effective, and that leads into the second uh, category, much more cost effective to start uh, mediation right then and there as an early attempt to resolve a dispute because in the court system, you have something called discovery. Discovery is where the parties exchange documents and they engage in uh, things called examinations before trials. That's where one attorney asks questions of the other attorney. Also known as a deposition. Correct. It's also known as a deposition, and uh, it's done under oath. Um, it's one attorney again asking questions of the other party and the testimony is recorded by a court reporter. You don't have that in mediation. Uh, you don't have that in arbitration. You could have discovery in aid of mediation or in aid of arbitration. But when you're starting right at the beginning, you don't have to have those things going forward. In litigation, you'd be very unwise to go into trial or any sort of final disposition, what's called summary judgment, which is a stage before trial where the court makes a decision on papers. It's basically a, a trial on paper. You'd be very unwise on summary judgment or a trial to go into those environments without having depositions or some other underlying documents exchanged between the parties. But that's not the case with mediation or arbitration. Okay, so now we know in litigation that you go before a judge, whether in Supreme Court or wherever the jurisdiction is, and you get your judge based on the law or whatever system it is, you don't choose your judge. Can you choose your mediator and or arbitrator? Absolutely. Uh, in fact, there, there even in the, in the case of arbitration, there's even specific rules deciding how the arbitrators are picked. 
is, is very often it's called a strike system, where a list of arbitrators are given to the parties if they haven't already picked their own arbitrator originally. If they pick their own arbitrator and that person is named and the person's willing to serve, great, then that's done. Selection is done by the parties and there's nothing to talk about. But very often the parties specify a provider, for example, the Nassau County Bar Association, and then the case administrator for the Nassau County Bar Association gives a list of names Sometimes it's five, sometimes it's seven, depending upon whatever the rules provide to the parties. They usually end up striking one or two of the names, and then they order the other names in preference, and then send those back to the case administrator. And when you have a match, relatively speaking, in preference, that's how the parties end up picking their arbitrators without necessarily interacting with each other. So it sounds like a litigant may feel better about the person who is helping or determining the outcome if he or she is choosing, has a, has a say in the choice of the person involved in the process. Absolutely, because in the case where you have a set number of people, uh, you can certainly do research on them beforehand. Usually it's not like the lottery system that you were describing about in litigation where the judge's name comes out of the hopper and that's it. And there's no research and there's nothing in you have essentially your judge picked for you. And if you don't have confidence in that judge for whatever reason, you're still stuck, correct? Unless you make a recusal motion, which is... Very hard often, to win. Very hard to win and often very unwise. I, but yeah, I, I yeah. want to ask you, since we talked about judges... Who are mediators and arbitrators? Are there national standards? Are they licensed? Who are we getting? So in the Nassau County Bar Association, the mediators and arbitrators are all highly skilled, qualified attorneys who have been admitted to the bar for a minimum of 10 years and screened by the association's Judiciary Committee. That's the committee which ends up determining the qualifications for sitting judges. We do have uh, on the panels some judges. For example, we have Judge Ira Washarsky, who is a former Commercial Division Justice. We have Judge Ute Wolf-Lally, who was a Justice of the Supreme Court. I, in fact, appeared before her uh, some time ago uh, when she was still on the bench. Right now, again, a lot of these people are retired, but that doesn't mean they're not just as sharp or if even sharper than they were when they were on the bench. And you're a member of this panel. Correct. Right? Yes, I'm a panelist, and that's when I say we as, as part of the Nassau County Bar Association. I've been a panelist for approximately two and a half years. And so now we're going to move on to uh, a segment we feature on the podcast, What is on Your Desk? A recent matter, no names please, which you can use to illustrate a teachable legal moment, either good or bad, to the listeners. So, Elon, what's on your desk? Okay, well, I have actually a whole bunch of matters right now on my desk, and all three of the hats that I'm wearing, meaning I have a mediation and arbitration and litigation going on simultaneously. But I want to focus on something which I called litigation avoidance, which is something I do, which is where I counsel people as to when they shouldn't be going down the traditional litigation path and to resolve their disputes either by themselves or alternatively through one of the other alternative dispute resolution processes, mediation arbitration. So about a week ago, I received a call from a tenant who was nearing the end of his lease with his Manhattan landlord. The tenant wanted to renew the lease at a mildly increased monthly rate, but the landlord wouldn't budge and insisted on showing the tenant's apartment to prospective tenants. One of the landlord's representatives accordingly appeared one afternoon to show the apartment while the tenant was at work and not realizing that the tenant had active video surveillance equipment recording whatever and whenever he was away. The landlord's representative proceeded to eat some of the tenant's food, I hope he enjoyed it, <laughs> after he had finished the last showing for the day and was, as you might imagine, caught on camera. Upon reviewing the video footage, the tenant was understandably upset and complained to the landlord. 
The latter was shocked by the video footage and promised to discipline the wayward representative. That's a nice way of saying he was going to get fired, probably. Furthermore, the landlord, or at least maybe Doc Pay. Furthermore, it certainly wasn't going to do any, any further showings, at least in that apartment. Furthermore, the landlord reneged upon its hardline position. That means it decided to reconsider what it uh, said before, such that the renewal rate that the tenant originally wanted was returned to the proverbial table. So now the tenant is getting exactly what he wanted, but she wasn't getting before. He essentially used this very smartly so as leverage. Uh, but nonetheless, he still wanted more than this, and he asked me if there were any legal options he could exercise that could serve as further leverage, such as taking the management company to court because they were big and other tenants would take notice, and that would certainly put them in a, in a position of public relations damage. Now, that's, by the way, another difference between mediation and arbitration and litigation. Litigation is public. Mediation and arbitration are private and confidential. All right? So uh, he wanted to know his litigation options. I said to him, you know, let's take a look at what's on the table. And, and there, there were indeed limited legal options available. You know, there's causes of action for, that means claims or arguments, for trespass, for conversion. And you, know, you can get somewhere with that in terms of a public relations perspective. You might have been correct in saying that other tenants wouldn't like to have known that when their apartments are being showing, their food is going to be eaten. Not exactly great, especially if it's expensive food. But on the other hand, I also told them, you have to think about the practical aspects of doing that. Uh, if you start a case, first of all, there are tremendous legal fees that are going to go into uh, a case of this. And the damages, when we take a look at it, really aren't that extreme. He lost some food. And very often, unless it was some something like filet mignon, we're not talking about hundreds upon hundreds of dollars. And it didn't seem like, from what he described to me, that the person who was involved, the offender, ended up eating some deluxe dish. So we're probably talking about a minimal amount of money. And that modest sum of whatever the, the damages would be, maybe there would be some, uh, I wouldn't say punitive, but some certainly sort of, sort of exemplary damages so that maybe statutory damages involved as well um, for this type of conduct because it was just so brazen. But it's not going to be in the realm of a million dollars. I mean, it's not going to be in the realm of probably a thousand dollars. I mean, in this case, if it was going to go any, anywhere, we'd be going to small claims court. But in this particular case, the damages that we will recover wouldn't be worth the continued aggravation. And as we were talking about before, time, cost, and aggravation that would be involved if the tenant ended up continuing his relationship with the landlord. The landlord would make his life a living hell because every single time he was going to do something under the lease or had a request, he would remember the lawsuit. So I advised him that there was no point in doing this. It would be taking essentially one step forward to go two steps back. And the moral of the story is that whenever you consider a dispute, you always have to consider whether or not the litigation, traditional litigation process is really worth it in the long run, whether the game is worth the candle. And I think you bring up a good point, which is in our heavily litigious society, there isn't always room to bring litigation. There isn't always room to or reason to bring a lawsuit, which is somewhat frivolous, I would have to say. In this Fair case, enough. yeah, it border, it's borderline frivolous in this case because there's really been no f damage that hasn't been recompensed by what was going on over here. And in addition to that, even if you have the room, it takes forever. <laughs> it, it, it does. It, it, you're going to have a case like that. It's going to work its way through small claims. I have a client who has a, a $1,000 case right now, and she's still working it through small claims, and it's been a year and a half. And she's paying legal fees. Uh, it's not my my case, but I assume that whoever is going to be representing her that, yeah, it says it is an ancillary case to an arbitration that I was dealing with her at the time. And I told her, I said, at some point, it's not going to be worth your time 
Or money. And money, yeah. Okay. Well, now we're going to move on to another segment called Only on Long Island, something that is recent, whether a law, an issue, or development that you see specifically on Long Island and how it affects those of us who live and work here. Okay. So as I was talking about the Nassau County Bar Association arbitration mediation panels, I think those are pretty much unique to Long Island in that while there are many dispute resolution providers, we mentioned some of them before, located on Long Island, none are run by a county or city bar association at relatively discounted rates and as a resource to both the legal and non-legal community, meaning the general public. Well, to serve as a neutral mediator or arbitrator with the Nassau County Bar Association, one needs to be an attorney. That's not the case if someone wants to bring a case into the Nassau County Bar Association's program. That's what we talked about before when we were talking about pro se representation. You could do it yourself. You don't need an attorney representing you uh, at any mediation session. And technically, you don't need one in an arbitration as well, although arbitration is a little bit different. I would strongly recommend not proceeding pro se or by yourself in that particular context. But the NCBA, the Nassau County Bar Association's arbitration mediation panels, they are certainly unique uh, to Long Island. They are pretty much distinguished from other uh, bar associations in the state. I believe someone once told me that Westchester had something similar to uh, the Nassau County Bar Association, but you don't have too many bar associations running their own panels. And I strongly recommend that anybody who has a dispute uh, of any significant value that you can't get resolved through a free mediation provider, I certainly recommend uh, certainly starting with mediation first, and then uh, considering also arbitration with the Nassau County Bar Association arbitration mediation panels. And if you want to um, look up that uh, more information about that, you certainly can contact me. I could give you a brochure. Uh, it's something that I worked on before for the Nassau County Bar Association's panels. It has much more information than what we talked about today. All right, so I just want to add one final thing, and that's that right now in the courts, there's something called presumptive ADR, which essentially means that cases are being flagged for uh, first look uh, arbitration or mediation, really more mediation uh, at first, by the courts and by trained personnel, including myself, uh, by the courts, uh, so that the ca court's case docket and the traditional litigation process can be le lessened, all the, all the dockets, I should say. There are many different you know, courts and many different judges. In the Nassau County Supreme Court, we have the administrative judge, Judge Norman St. George, and a uh, division of commercial division justice. The Honorable Timothy Driscoll is working along with him. They've been putting together a plan uh, at the directive of the chief judge of the Court of Appeals, Judge Janet Fiore, to put in place a presumptive ADR program for Supreme Court in New York. So you're going to see this. It's not just that you have these options available, the Nassau County Bar Association, other mediation or arbitration or ADR providers. You're going to see this uh, going forward that ADR is actually coming into the courts. Some people have referred to this as the beginning of the golden age of mediation and arbitration in New York. Uh, at the end of the day, ADR, in the words of one of my colleagues, David Abe's house, it provides fast, fair, expert, economical, private, customized justice that's just not offered by the traditional litigation process. Uh, certainly, I recommend going to the Nassau County Bar Association for any case that you can get into a free mediation program. The rates are much lower. The people are wonderfully qualified. If anybody has any questions or any sort of other concerns with respect to arbitration or mediation, strongly advise you to contact me. So I gave you the, my contact information before, but just very quickly, 516-620-9716 or at E. Weinreb, E is an elephant, W is in William, E is an elephant, I is an igloo, N is in Nancy, R is in Robert, E is an elephant, B is in boy, at Wineweb Law, that's my last name again, wineweblaw.com. E Wineweb at wineweblaw.com. You can email me. 
And Zahava, thank you so much for having me on the program. Elon, thank you for that very informative discussion. And Elon Weinreb's uh, contact information is on the show notes. So please feel free to look at that and contact him. So that's it for our 17th episode. Thank you again, Elon, for coming on the podcast today and for teaching us about alternative dispute resolution. And to our listeners, be sure to download this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are there, we would greatly appreciate your rating us with a review that might start. I just heard on the LA Law podcast that the village of Patchogue is proposing a ban on the planting of bamboo within the village limits. The village has scheduled a public hearing for October 15th after a homeowner complained about his neighbor's bamboo growing underneath his fence and negatively affecting his property. According to the village attorney, if the law is added, a homeowner will be able to keep existing bamboo but will not be able to plant it. If you live in Patchogue and want to grow bamboo, you will certainly want to attend that village session. The LR Law Podcast is your source for local tips which educate and entertain. Thanks for listening.